Hey everybody, welcome back. Let's go Yanks podcast. I'm your host Joe. Back after a two episode uh, absence. Um, hopefully I'll be able to not be absent any longer, but uh, I'm here with my brother Todd. What's up? Welcome brother. back. <laughs> welcome back, Joe. Glad glad to have you back. Um, it was fun doing it with dad too. I should let you and he record couple episodes yourself so everybody can get a break from me um but i don't think i'm definitely not not as entertaining as you are so glad to have you back um and looking forward to doing this episode of let's go yanks yeah it's good to be back brother um yeah so just a little update to um start the episode um some news, some current events, uh, just some injury updates. So I guess there was a um, – I'm reading this is from May 2nd. It's on Pinstripe Alley. Um, and it's just an update on – this is just specifically to ju- to, for um, Judge, about Judge. Uh-huh. So he's still rehabbing um, from his rib. And the rest has helped him recover is what they've said. Um, Boone was quoted saying he's still uncertain at this point. He said it's um, it's been very productive to have this time to allow that rib to heal. And that is happening. Um, as to where he's exactly at, we don't have anything for you on that yet. So kind of vague. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess it's positive, you know, they ha- I mean, they say he's recovering, so, but it, they really didn't give much. They just said he's continuing rehab and he's recovering. So, right. um, that's about it though. Yeah. I mean, um, I guess it's be- better at this point. I mean, I don't know, not that they said a lot all along, but it's better to say less than more if, things are still up in the air i feel like if it was definite like he's feeling good whatever um he's been cleared then they would say that but maybe they don't even know they can't even say that much at this point because it's not obviously they're not able to do all the regular stuff that they would do and have him in the clubhouse or whatever so moving on to um you're right you're right and so hopefully we'll hopefully just continues to um, heal and then I mean this season's going to be kind of not real um, at this point like I don't think it's going to be a real season so whatever it, it hopefully we get some baseball but it won't really be real so I'm not really too worried about it him coming back this year honestly at this point because I'd rather have him ready for next year when it's a real full season with the world seat you know what I mean like with everything normal yeah so yeah, I mean, if it was like <clears throat> decide between Judge playing this year or, or no Judge this year and healthier Judge for the rest of his career, I would pick the second option. Definitely, definitely. So moving on to another injured Yankee, Stanton. Um, he's doing – I think he's pretty much totally better from what they've been saying. He's still um, rehabbing in the sense that he's still working out, doing workouts to support his strain calf but I think it's totally healed um, from what they've been saying. So 
Um, but he's still doing workouts down in Tampa, I believe. Um, and, but he's totally like Boone said, if he had to play today, this was a couple weeks ago too. And he said, if, if he had to play today, he'd be good to go. So I think he's just making sure that he doesn't re-injure it at this point, making sure that's a hundred percent. So. Yeah. I Another, mean, that's good news. I feel like I would hope he's feeling good. So that's good. news. Yeah. I mean, something like a strained calf, it's been a while. So, I mean, that's definitely helped. Um, yeah, not having to rush him back. And then also in other Stanton news, he's donated 15,000 face shields to face masks. I saw that. To, yeah. To help with the virus stuff. So that's Stanton giving yeah, back to the community stuff. there to hospitals. So, yeah. and then Aaron Hicks, um, Aaron Hicks, who had the Tommy John surgery. Right. Um, so hold on. I'm just pulling up this article um, on the New York Post. Good old no, New had, York Post. They had an update. So he's progressing well. Um, everything's going well. But he's still obviously in the recovery um, phase. You know what I mean? He still has. If this season were to happen, it would be like, uh, I believe they said like July, August. July being like the soonest. August, September being like the latest um, the later when they would expect him back. So that's, he's progressing well. Um, he's doing physical therapy three times a week at his home in Arizona, according to this article on the post. And then he says, he's just been relaxing and watching TV and hanging out at home. That's what Hicks said himself. So, um, so that's really not too much, um, too much there. You know what I mean? He's just recovering. Yeah. And normally from a Tom John surgery and it doesn't really, it's not too worrisome because he's not a pitcher. So it's right. not like, what's he going to look like? I mean, he's still going to be able to throw the ball from the outfield. Maybe it will be a little bit, maybe his, he had a pretty good arm he did. before. So, I mean, maybe it'll be a little bit degraded his throwing ability, but hopefully not. And if it is, I mean, you know, we, Gardner's been playing outfield for the Yanks, and does, he doesn't have the best arm, and he's a lifetime Yankee who everyone loves. So, at the end of the day, hopefully he just comes back healthy and can uh, stay healthy and play. Um, and then as for Paxton, um, the last update I saw on him was a couple weeks ago, and he was already doing a throwing program at his home in Minnesota, I believe, or was no, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Um, Wisconsin so, guy, one of your Midwestern friends. Oh yeah. So, well, he's from Canada, but um, <laughs> fair enough. I guess he's, he's trying to get. He's trying to get. He's trying to get close. Well, he's in Wisconsin now. He's just trying to get close there, I guess. But, um, yeah. but he um, he's been doing a throwing program, and he's also getting getting well. So that's all good news on the injury front besides Judge, who we really don't know. I mean, they say it's he's progressing, but they really have been more vague about him and it's not like a clear cut injury. So Right. I feel like it's a little bit of a weird one that first rib all the way up high and hard fractured, to... yeah. Hairline rib fracture. it's a very weird injury. So Right, right. I think seemed sounded like he just either needs to give it the time to heal or they'd have to like remove remove it. you don't want i think if you can go the other way obviously right 
Right. So um, that's about it for, uh, I guess, current events with baseball, with the Yankees specifically. Um, there's been like uh, MLB 20 players tournament going on. Yeah. I know Canely got eliminated from it the other day. Um, but other than that, I mean, there really hasn't been much talk about when the season will start at this point. I think people are, with everything going on, it's kind of in the rear view. So, right. Yeah. And in the, on the back burner, so to speak. Yeah. The latest proposal, like Dad and I kind of talked about last episode. Um, and all these are just really ideas at this point. Um, but would be to have that that division divide up the teams into three divisions, get rid of the American National League for this season, and make three divisions uh, by region, east, central, and west, um, and then teams would play within that division to minimize travel and stuff like that. Um, but all that's really dependent on testing availability. I don't think they're going to move forward with these, even with there won't be any fans. I feel like everybody's pretty aware of that at this point for a while. Um, so they could start. probably till next year. Yeah. Yeah. They could. So, start. cause I think by next year, either they'll figure out a whatever to like a vaccine or whatever that'll solve this, I guess, or, They'll just, they're just going to open back up the country and it's going to run its course kind of like the flu does every year. And then we'll just deal with it like that. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so anyway, but I think testing, they're going to want to have that in place before they even have players playing. Um, right. They just need to have more of that. So anyway, that's, yeah, that's as much as I've heard. Um, but certainly as new stuff comes up, um, which we hope it will. We'll keep throwing it into the beginning of the pods. So moving on to our last year of the rebuilding years for the modern day Yanks, we got 2016. So yep. I've one. you may have some questions for me. I'm I looking do. at the stats right now, but so I'll try not to look at all of them, but one question for you without looking yes. what the highest batting average of the starting nine so guys who played the most games Ooh. St- starting nine who had the highest average of the guys who played the most games um starlin castro. at their at their respective at their respective positions starlin castro nope he had a 270 but he was close he was second uh, dd was number Didi. one okay all right it was i was between the two of them just cuz i had been looking at <laughs> The stats before, and I guess two seventy six. So the wrong one. Yeah, nobody had a great average of the starting nine. Um, right. If right. you go a little bit beyond that, I think Beltron was actually pretty darn good this year. Um, yep. Yeah, he did have a pretty solid year. Um, but what questions you got for me? Because I don't want to keep looking no. at the. <laughs> That's okay. The stats. Um, just two. So, my first question is. Can you name the two relief pitchers the Yankees traded at the deadline in 2016? Um, that they traded for, wait, traded for, or that they no, that they sent away from the Yanks. Okay, let me think here. Um, Pineda. No, no relief, 
Relief oh, sorry, you said relief. Okay. Sorry. Um, okay, so Chapman. Yes, Chapman. He went to the Cubs and they got Torres. Uh huh. And then they got him back in what that, that off season. Yep. Right. Yep. Okay, so that was great Cashman move right there. <laughs> yeah, that was good for the Cubs. They won a World Series first in what 108 years. Yes, that sounds right. So, um, let's see. So. Chapman was one, uh-huh. and then who else? Um, Jabba? No, not Jabba. Another lefty. Um, he he was pretty dominant as a Yankee. He was on the team in fifteen too, um, and he the Tansis, um and oh, Chapman held down the bullpen. For a little bit. This is a shame that I don't know it. Um, Lefty. God. I can't. No. Who is it? Andrew Miller. Okay. All right. I should have known that, honestly. Andrew Miller. Um, No, that's okay. And then my second question, you already got one of them, so you just have to get one more. Um, In the Chapman and Miller trades, the Yankees received a bunch of Young guys, some prospects, some already kind of established players. Um, but can you name two of the players the Yankees received in those trades? So Torres is one. Okay. Uh, who did Miller go to? Miller went to the Indians. Okay. So Clint Frazier. Bingo. Okay. Yep. I, I, I thought it was Frazier, but I wasn't. Because I knew he came over from the Indians as like a prospect, yeah. But I didn't. I I wasn't sure what. I, so by you telling me that it was to the Indians, I figured that was the trade. I just couldn't remember exactly if that was it. So. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of crazy because um, Chapman or the Cubs and the Indians ended up playing in the World Series that year. So the Yankees really supplied some pen help for teams that both made the World Series. That is pretty cool. Yeah, to think about. Um, but yeah, do you want to get into kind of an overview of the season guys who played the most? Sure. Yeah. So, um, let's see who played the most was Didi. Yeah. Yeah. 153 games. Yeah. Didi played a ton. Um, so just to do a quick overview, the Yankees were in 2016, they were 84 and 78. They ended up finishing in fourth place only in front of the Rays. Um, the Red Sox won the division, and then uh, Baltimore and Toronto had the same record, I think. They both were like 89 and 73, I think. Um, Do you know who went to the wild card? I think they played each other in the wild card. Um, okay. And I don't pretty cool. know who won. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. I'll try to find that. I'm just trying to think who – I don't remember really either of those teams playing in a series, but I feel like Toronto won. Um, well, I remember. Um, didn't Toronto play Texas at some point in the? Well, I think I thought that was 2015, okay. but it could be 2016. That was like the jo- the Jose Batista, the bat Joey Bats, the yeah. bat flip. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's that's actually a pretty cool if you watch that whole. They're all over that. I mean, they're still on social media because that's such a famous bat flip, yeah. um, home home run. So, but like the whole um, 
the kind of like rivalry there between the Blue Jays and the the Rangers in that postseason, and like the play. I don't know if it was the play. I think it was the play that led up to the Joey Bats bat flip. And it was like so many errors by Texas. It was like a crazy like sequence of plays. I don't know if it was that. I think it was that leading up to that. But they're on social media. You can look it up. It was an interesting little series around that little whole bat flip thing. Kind of made that bat flip so exciting for Toronto, I guess. So, yeah, that, that's awesome. Um, it is a cool thing to check out if you haven't seen it before. So the Blue Jays didn't win. They beat the Orioles one nothing actually um, in that 2016 wild card game. So anyway, um, just a little more background. If you want to dive deep into the whole 2016 season, have at it in your free time. Um, but so the Yanks just breaking down their record a little bit. They were 44 and 44 in the first half of the season, um, and then 40 and 34 in the second half. They got off to a really bad start. They were 8 and 14 in April. Um, And then all the other months, some were up, some were down, but that really put them in a hole to start the season. I think they were in last place at one point um, and finished fourth. So obviously didn't end up too much better. Um, but anyway, that was an overview and just some initial thoughts on this season too. I think this could potentially be the most interesting year of the four for the Yankees. Um, yeah, 2013 was kind of a weird and like, oh, that's fun. Jason Nix played a ton at third base. Um, except it's not if you want good baseball. Um, but this year was interesting in some of the trades that the Yankees made in the fact that they got a lot of prospects that now some of these guys are contributing part on the team. Yeah. Um, Especially Torres. He's a freaking he's, franchise right. shortstop now. Right. So he's the main, yeah, the main guy for sure. Um, and not a surprise, obviously chronologic, chronological order. Um, but this team looks the most like the current Yankees um, was another thought. And then, yeah, just kind of this was like a transition year into what the Yankees look like today in a lot of ways, too. Um, and I also was reading an article that said this was the first time since 1989 that the Yankees were sellers at the trade deadline not buyers. Um, so I thought that was kind of another interesting cool. thing about this season. So one thing that's totally off topic, I don't know why I thought of this, but yeah. um, I guess because it says it on baseball reference, Yankee Stadium 3 as their ballpark. So would you know I've what the first part? Do you know what the first stadium they played in? The Yankees played in? Um, did they play at the polo grounds first that's correct so as the yankees because obviously if you go back they're right. like the hot the highland the new york highlanders then they were the actually the orioles and then they so like they moved around like a little bit in the beginning years of baseball but as the yankees they played at the polo grounds since 1913 and um it opened uh the old, old we call it the old yankee stadium but yeah 
the Yankee Stadium in the Bronx, the first Yankee Stadium in the Bronx, opened April 18th, 1923. It was renovated um, 73 through 76, yeah. and it reopened, um, closed in 73, and reopened in 76. April 15th, actually, my birthday nice. um, in 1976. <laughs> and then, three years prior. Obviously, it was closed in um, 2008, the final close, and then um, demolished in 2009 through 2010. So, um, and then the new one opened up right across the street. So. Yeah, nice way to work in a little Yankee Stadium history. I love it. So, for those that don't know, also the Giants played at Yankee Stadium from. 1956 to the first half of 1973 or the first part of the season in 1973. The New York football giants. Yep. No way. I didn't so it was the home. It was their home stadium from, I did not know that either. So very cool. Uh, learning new things. So <laughs> good stuff. Um, and for also those people that have never been to New York or to, which I'm assuming is not many people listening to this, but if anybody is that's never been to Yankee Stadium or they've never been in New York, the old Yankee Stadium, not the Polo Grounds, but the old Yankee Stadium in the Bronx is still there's still a baseball a baseball diamond there. It's just a like a sandlot, not a sandlot, but like a yeah, it's just not like something you. It's just a regular field right. with like a fe- like a metal. Uh, fence around it so yep. um a lot of like kids in the neighborhood and just people play there so i'm sure they have like maybe leagues or softball leagues or whatever there too but i don't really know but um i just you know every time we go there i see kids playing there and stuff so it's pretty cool that they left at least a field there um and um it's still being used as a you know for the community i guess and then the new ones are across the street so yeah yeah it is really cool that that's there um so yeah so looking at the team this year um just starting with let's start with the uh batters the hitters um so just by games played at catcher you've got McCann first base was Teixeira Second base was Starlin Castro, came over during the offseason. Um, Chase Headley at third. DD was at short. Brett Gardner in left. Uh, Jacoby Ellsbury in center. Aaron Hicks, first year on the team, um, played most of his games in right field that year, actually. Um, A-Rod had the most games at DH. And then bench, um, just by games played, Romine, Torres, Beltron, and Rob Refsnyder. Rob Refsnyder. <laughs> yep. Forgot you Yankee. Yeah, you don't get to say that name too often. Um, so, and then I, so that's, yeah, so that's the offense. Um, just some highlights that I had from that too. And it's a shame I don't have the exact number of games in front of me, but Gary Sanchez didn't make the list. Um, but one of my highlights is that season we were introduced to Gary is scary. Um, we got yes, 53 games. He had 20 homers, um, hit 299, Insane. 657 slugging percentage, and a one dot 032 OPS. Um, so he came up 
with a bang that year. I think he had like 42 RBIs, two in 53 games, which if you put that over the whole season. um, And 24 walks, too, to cap it. Yeah, yeah. So that. No, that's definitely impressive. Whereas Judge really in 2016 did a lot when he came up. No. Um, struggled only four homers in 27 games and a 179 average, and he struck out 42 times in 95 plate appearances. So uh, almost half of the time he got up to bat, he struck out in 2016. I mean, it was only 27 games, and he was young. Right. He was 24 at the time, so first time up in the big leagues. But his next year, rookie year, he had one of the best rookie years. So – of any player, you know what I mean? Yep. Um, one rookie of the year and everything, so. Right. I'm glad they didn't bail on him after uh, after that bad kind of start with the Yanks. Um, but another thing I had as far as the offense goes um, is that Beltron was strong, too. So Beltron got traded, um, and I probably should – Maybe I should have talked about some of the off-season moves or the trades before we got into this, but whatever. We can talk about that at the end. Um, Beltran was good. He played 99 games for the Yanks, had 22 homers. He actually had 64 RBIs, which um, was third on the team through the whole season, um, even though he was only with the Yankees for 99 games. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, the 304 batting average, um, a 546 slugging and an 890 OPS. Um, and then Starlin Castro, too, and Didi were both productive um, up the middle for the Yankees, which getting Castro that season was a big change since Cano because second base had been like an offensive black hole for the Yankees in 2014. And 15, just sorry, Brian Roberts and Stephen Drew and whoever, but they were not good. So it was nice no. to have Castro there. Um, I remember people really seemed to respond well to him. They were excited about having him in New York, too. Um, so that was good while he was there, too. Um, and then just some struggles. It was a bad season for A-Rod and Teixeira. Um, A-Rod was like 41 at that point, and... Um, he actually ended up re- like the Yankees released him. He retired, whatever, in August. And that allowed the spot to open up for Sanchez to come up. Um, so that was a good thing for him to do, I think. Um, and then that was, yeah, both of their last seasons on the Yankees. Um, and then just not really a great season for Gardy, Ellsbury, or Hicks, too. Um, was Hicks first year on the team and he's definitely gotten better since then I think especially 2018 was a really good year for him with the Yanks so yeah so um I I I for some reason like I like Hicks um I know he hasn't been the best or the most consistent Yankee for sure and he's not like my favorite but he has just like whenever I watch him play I feel like he has a clutch like gene yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he's, he, he comes up clutch. Like I just right. think back to last year, um, especially last year, he seemed to be like, I remember it was a game that they ended up losing against the Rays. Um, and it was two, 
He had a 2-2 count. He was batting from the right side, too, which is not his power side. Yeah. It was the – what was it? The top of the ninth inning. The Yanks were down by one. 2-2 count, two outs. And the Yanks, like, hadn't touched the Rays all game. They are playing in the Trop. Terrible, or terrible stadium there. Um, and he tied it up on a 2-2 pitch with two outs. He hit a home run over the left field wall. Um, and that was just like exactly what they needed. And then they ended up losing that game. The Rays, I think it was, um, what's his name? Uh, Travis Darno or whatever. Um, who really was a, (laughs) he was like a chink in the Yankees armor or whatever, like you want to call it. Like this last year, for some reason, every time he just like went off against the Yankees, like, and he was not like, he's not like a great player. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to knock the guys better than I am, but you know what I mean? He's not, like, anything special. Yeah. And he just would really, like, some games against the Yankees, he would really just – and it was, like, like he hit a walk-off and he would always just come in in moments and just, like, put a dagger in us, and that kind of sucked <laughs> yeah. some games. But – um, what you want. Um, and then also, so just staying on Hicks, um, and then against the Twins um, – yeah, that was his bad. former his former team. That game, I watched. Remember watching that game? The emotional roller coaster that game was of being like down by like six and then tying it and then taking the lead by two and then losing it and then being down again and then it came up to the Yanks were down by one. Um, yeah, they're down by one. It's like ten to eleven or something like that, or yeah, like ten to eleven. Top of the ninth, Hicks gets up, one guy on. He's batting from the right side as well, so not his power side. And, again, to like in the top of the ninth, two-run homer to take the lead. And then that was, like, the ninth inning. And then the game went back and forth again, like, with scoring and not, like, the Yanks uh, – the Rays – or the Rays. The Twins tied it up. The Yanks took the lead. The Twins took the lead, or the Twins tied it up. The Yanks took the lead again. And I think it was like the 13th or 14th inning. And what's his name? Kepler, I believe. Max Kepler hit a line drive. And there's a man on second, I think first and second, and two outs. And uh, Kepler hit, I think it was Chad Green was pitching. Yep. And it was just a crazy game. So, like, Emotions are so high. Chapman had the bases loaded and almost lost the game, and then he got out of it. And it was just a crazy game. But Hicks, you know, obviously kept the game going in the ninth, and then now it's like the 14th inning or whatever, and the Yanks are up by one, I believe, up by one. No, up by two. It was like 14-12, I believe. And um, Kepler hits a shot into the left uh, left center gap that looked like off the bat, like a rocket. And it like when they switched the camera to Hicks chasing it, it looked like it was going to drop. Like there's no way he was going to get there. And that would have been the game um, or that would have not necessarily been the game, but that would have tied it up and put a man probably on second base, at least uh, put Kepler on yeah. second. So, and Hicks just made this insane. One of the best catches of the year insane diving catch like oh not over the shoulder exactly but it was like this just insane diving catch on this like rocket line drive almost at the wall it was like on the warning track i think he landed and it was just crazy ending to a crazy game and there's just another he had two like two game saving moments in that one game alone 
and then flash forward to the ALCS against the Astros. Um, LeMahieu leads off after the Yanks gave up. I forget who was pitching game five. Was it? Um, I don't know. Paxton or I can't remember who's pitching game five, but. Anyways, 2019 ALCS against the Astros, the asterisks, I mean, and um, Verlander is pitching, and LeMahieu leads off with a home run in the bottom of the first to tie the game at one. And then, I forget, a couple guys got on, and then Hicks gets up, left side, his power side, and I think it was, I think he worked like a 3-2 count, I believe, um, and and then just crushes one with his signature, like, quick bat drop. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? You know what I'm talking yeah. about when he hits exactly. a homer. And just starts, like, like stares at it and starts, like, walking down the line. And, like, you didn't know if it was gone or foul. And then it just hits the pole and, like, Yankee Stadium went crazy. And that was just such a huge moment because the Yanks really didn't have any momentum. They'd lost, like, what? Three in a two, row. Three, yeah, three games straight and had, like, no momentum. And then, like, they, the Astros led off by scoring a run in that game, and it was down the wire. And then, I mean, LeMahieu's home run tying it up. All right, that was a boost. But then it's like, okay, it's only tied. Like, they lost a couple close games. Like, uh, I think Houston walked it off in game two. So it was like, man, you know what I mean? Like, it was not looking good. And then Hicks gets up there and just off one of their, you know, the Astros, Cy Young winner, one of the best pitchers in baseball. And just cr- like ropes one off the foul pole, couldn't get any closer to give the Yanks a three-run lead. It was just huge, like huge turning point in that game. And I, I think it would have been in the series if you know Jose Altuve didn't have a buzzer under his shirt to hit that walk off against Chapman. Because I mean, man, if that if that hadn't happened, DJ LeMahieu's two-run homer. <laughs> um, to tie the game in the ninth would have been probably one that would have been like up there with Boone's Homer in the ALCS to send the Yanks to the World Series, I think, if the series has turned out differently, if the Astros weren't dirty cheaters, but whatever. We kind of got off topic yeah. here. So. so Joe loves Aaron Hicks. We got it. Um, he's got a clutch, he's just got he a clutch. I mean, that works him. for sure in endearing uh players to fans in any sport. If they're clutch, that's what where you remember so um that's been yeah big for hicks um so anyway looking at the pitchers too um the yanks rotation that season guys who started the most games uh michael pineda tanaka cc nathan Avaldi, and ivan nova um and then in the bullpen, they had Batances, um, Andrew Miller, had Kirby Yates, Jason Shreve, Araldis Chapman, Tyler Clippard got traded to the Yankees uh, midway Ugh. through the season, um, and then Adam Warren, who was just kind of steady. I'm pretty sure Adam Warren was on every single team 2013 through 2016. Um, what he was on? What? He was on all every year. Adam Warren was on the. Oh, I thought you meant he was on every MLB team. No, no I was like, no, what? Was I was big. like, <laughs> that's like a record. No, that would be unbelievable. Um, but anyway, so that's just kind of an overview of guys who pitched the most for the Yankees. Um, 
their starting rotation was pretty stable. Uh, Tanaka, CeCe, and Pineda all started more than 30 games, which if you can get that out of three of your five guys, that's pretty good. Um, Evaldi started over 20. Nova started 15, but he got traded. Um, And then the good was Tanaka really was good. The low ERA, um, low whip, a lot of innings pitched. CeCe was decent. He had a little bit below a four ERA. Um, Not a great win-loss record, but that doesn't matter too much. Um, And then Pineda started 32 games. Didn't really do much special numbers-wise, except he had 207 strikeouts in 175 innings pitched. Um, Like I mentioned, Nova was traded midseason. Severino started 11 games um, just like he did in 2015, but he had a tough season this time. He was really good in the starts in 2015. 2016, not so much. He had a little over a five ERA. Um, and so, Got knocked around. Yeah. 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 So those were their main starters. Um, and just quick on the bullpen, uh, they had the no runs DMC. So Dylan Miller and Chapman, um, who were all – great but it kind of gets clouded a little bit because Miller and Chapman were only on the team for half of the season so you didn't get to see that carried through um, which is part of the reason there were a lot of different relief pitchers used this year by the Yankees um, including we got our first looks at two guys I'll give you a chance to um, they weren't guys I've already saw okay (laughs) So who is Sessa and Green? Our buddies Luis Sessa and Chad Green, who came over in the offseason when we traded Justin Wilson to the Tigers. Um, That's how we got those guys. Um, Clippers actually. And I don't know. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't know what Justin Wilson's doing these days, but, uh, you know, Chad Green's been uh, great for us overall the past few years. Um, He's had his rough patches, but. You know, the uh, when did he get sent down? The beginning of 2019? Yes. He got sent down and then he came back and was like lights out the rest of the year. Um, so, you know, he's been, and Sess has had his shining moments as well as his not so great moments. But I, you know, overall, I think we have um, one really solid pitcher and then a good mop up guy who has potential in Sessa. And I don't know what Justin Wilson or whatever you said is doing now. So yeah, I look. I think that was definitely a good trade. Yeah, I looked at him not as good as he was on the Yankees. Um, Dad and I actually talked about this in the last episode. Um, but the Yankees bullpen in 2015 was actually very good. It was very stable, which made a big difference. Um, like Batances, Justin Wilson, Andrew Miller. Um, Chase and Shreve, all those guys pitched a bunch of innings, Adam Warren too, and they were all good. So that made a big difference for the Yankees then. I mean, I think the bullpen in 2016 probably had more talent with Chapman and Miller, but again, they didn't stay all year. Um, so that, that made a big difference. One stat that I thought was awesome um, for these guys is – Batances, Miller, and Chapman combined for 247 strikeouts in 149 innings pitched. 
Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, and Betances alone had 126 of those strikeouts in 73 innings pitched. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of sad about Betances. Yeah, um, kind of does with his bringer, his injury, and then coming back and like striking out the two batters he faced or whatever, yeah. and then or three or whatever he like struck out the side or he got I can't remember exactly. But it was like a half, half inning that he pitched, and then he tore his Achilles hopping off the mound because he was excited to strike out guys coming back from a season of not playing because of injury. Yeah. So, and then, you know, obviously we let him go, and the Mets signed him, and um, I hope he does well. I hope he has a crazy good season, and maybe we'll uh, sign him for another. I mean, he's getting older now, though, so I don't know if we'd sign him back at this point, but might move on to greener greener pastures but i wish him luck with the mets yeah another new New york team so yeah it's kind of good that he's still close by but just look that's another big thing that i had kind of a takeaway from this looking at these couple years is you appreciate the guys who are great for the yankees and one of those was batances for sure um in these couple years i gonna try to pull up all of his stats here but I mean he was solid for them in 14 15 and 16 um, and beyond solid he was shutting people down and had to be one of the best relievers in the game um, over those couple years it's a shame that because I feel I still feel that Chapman is dominant now now you know in current time maybe if maybe not quite as dominant as a couple of years past because he's a little bit older, but he's still one of the best closing pitchers in baseball. And I feel like it's a shame that we didn't get Batances now, like the Batances of then and his prime now. You know what I mean? I feel like it would be awesome to have him in his prime on the team now. You know what I mean? I feel like there's a couple guys like that that we had that were good while they were with us, but these years were just rough. You know, we didn't have a solid team. So, Right, right. Um, yeah, no, there definitely were. I mean, and Adam Warren definitely wasn't anywhere near as dominant as Batantis, but he was just a workhorse for the Yankees. Um, I mean, CeCe was too in these years. Fortunately, he got his ring in 2009. Um, but Tanaka is another guy you appreciate for all. Oh, yeah. For the Yanks. Um, but yeah, I mean, so looking at... Batances, just to go over this real quick. In 2014, he pitched 90 innings. Joe, he pitched 90 innings for the Yankees. That's crazy. Um, 135 strikeouts, a 140 ERA, and a 0.778 whip, which is walks plus hits per inning pitched. Um, So he didn't walk. He walked 24 guys in 90 innings in 2014. Um, that's got to be the best year of his career, I think. Um, and 2015, he was 150 ERA, 84 innings pitched, 131 strikeouts. Um, his whip was a little higher, walked guys a little bit more. Um but then 2016, 73 innings, ERA a little bit up, 308. Um, but nothing 
too crazy. 126 strikeouts again, like I said before. Um, and I mean, that's always been steady for him. Uh, 2017 pitching a little bit less innings, but 2017 and 18, he pitched 59 innings, 66 innings. He was the guy for the bullpen for six years there, five, five years, I guess. Um, but yeah, we definitely should have some love for Batances because he was super consistent for the Yanks and did great. Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, I'm not a Tyler Clippard fan. He was on the team for a couple of years, I think, after they got him. And I, he just always looks so like – I mean, the numbers may not reflect because it looks like in – how many games did he have? In this He had 29, 29. games, he had two, two, four, nine ERA. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not bad for a reliever. No. Um, it's really not bad, but I just – he always looked like not like shaky on the mound. Like it, I was always just nervous whenever he got on the mound. I think it was when did I watch him a lot? Maybe twenty seventeen, probably twenty seventeen. Yeah, I think twenty seventeen. And it was look at Clipper. And I just he was. I don't know why I wasn't a fan of him. Maybe I'm giving giving the guy a hard time. Um. You know, he over his career, he's not had a bad career, so um, he just didn't really pan out for the Yankees. Uh, he played for the Yankees in 2007. Wow, yeah, he got that. drafted by the Yankees. Um, and then they traded, traded him, after him that. For, so he had a rough year. Yeah, um, yeah, no, he didn't do good. And he was going to be, they were looking at him as a starter then, but then with the Nats, he got converted to a bullpen guy, I guess. Yeah, so 2017 he played. Yeah, that's when he must 40 have been really shaky. 2017 he played like 40 games and then four like nine ERA, yeah, and just always looked really shaky on the mound. I just he just looked like he had no confidence. Like you know what I mean? Like even like when Chapman's struggling, like he's up there sweating and like. You know what I mean, or one of the other one of the other pitchers. There's just some pitchers that look so nervous out there, just doesn't instill confidence. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get, I totally get that. Um, I mean, I think to a to a different extent, and he's gotten better. But Holder makes me nervous. Um, what's his name made me super nervous. That lefty guy they had. Um, oh, Charpley. Yeah. Um, and he yeah. was in a different level than. Uh, than Tyler Clippard. I he's young and it's a different right. different thing. Um, but but a positive thing about Clippard, um, he was part of the trade with the White Sox that got the Yankees Tommy Con Canely um, and Clint and Todd now and David Robertson back. Um, and uh, Canley's now a staple in our bullpen. So yeah, yeah. Um, and it's funny how the Yankees do that, actually. Um, and I'm sure a lot of teams do, but like Robertson went to the White Sox. They brought him back in this trade in 2017. They sent Adam Warren to the Cubs when they oh, did. They send him to the Cubs. Um, anyway, Adam Warren 
left but came back when they traded um, when they got traded Chapman. So they have a way of doing that sometimes with guys. They'll like. Well, I'm pretty sure the Yankees signed Warren to a minor league they deal this did. year. They did, yeah. I was, saw that the other day. So I was looking at. So and, that's. Yeah. He's, he's Cap- back. But. Capman. Cashman definitely has some guys um, there that he. I, I mean, he's just a smart guy. He's good at his job. Him and the scouts, they know who's a good fit for their team, who's been good in New York. And I'm sure they have a short right. list of guys. And- Right, and I feel like some of these guys, like, people are like, well, why are you bringing Warren back? Like, he's not great. And it's like, you know, they're not – they can't have every – they're not going to have the number one at every position. That's not right. possible. Right. You know what I mean? They're not going to have Mike Trout in center and Mookie Betts in left and Aaron Judge in right and um, whoever, Anthony Rendon at third and Torres at short and Javi Baez yeah. playing second. You know what I mean? And like, Yeah. Freddie Freeman playing first, like it's not possible. Right. So, this isn't a video game. I f- right, it's not the ultimate team, you know. So I feel like some of these guys that they bring back too, they know that whatever they've worked with them before, maybe they like some of the things they saw, but they also they're bringing them back for certain roles. Right. Like people play roles yeah. on teams. Pitchers that aren't great play a role. They play a mop up role. They eat innings in games that are either like far too far gone in one way or another they're they're up by a lot or you're down by a lot and you don't want to waste your good your good arms and that's just it's a business it's run like a business you don't want to waste what you're not going to throw in your a plus reliever when you're down by six in the eighth you know what i'm saying so that's what guys like warn or injuries happen and then you bring him up and then he's playing that mop-up role and sessa moves into a more like key role or whoever you know what i mean so these guys play a role and that's why they're brought back and for whatever reason cat and that's why like you said cashman knows what he's doing he likes certain things about these guys for whatever reason and whether it's that okay they can eat a lot of innings they're you know what i mean and it's not that you know things like with torres that was just like they traded away chapman and got torres and then now torres is a franchise shortstop and now and, Chapman's right. back on the team, and he's like, right. <laughs> "Like that doesn't that's not going to happen no. every time." No. So, I mean, and even with like, you know, so it's it's just it's not going to happen like that every time, obviously. But when it does, that's awesome. But generally speaking, it's not going to happen like that. They may bring back guys because they played with the organization, they like things about them, and they just want them to fill in a role when needed. Right. Yep. Um, so talking about that stuff too. Um, I think there were really some interesting off-season transactions by the Yankees um, between 2015 and 2016, and then during the season in 2016, too, which, like I said at the beginning, is what I think made this such an exciting season, Um, even if the results didn't work out well in the short term for the Yankees. It really is paying off now, I think. Um, So one thing was, like we said, they traded for Aaron Hicks. Do you know who they traded to get Aaron Hicks? Um, no idea. Three names. Doesn't help me right now off the top of my head. <laughs> Catcher. Uh, 
Omar. Nope. Nope. Not even close. I'm thinking, oh, (laughs) Omar, what was he? Omar, who am I thinking of? Omar Garcia Parar. Omar Garcia Parar. Who is that? Yeah, what was what position? He was shortstop for the Red Sox. (laughs) Didn't did he ever do a stint with the Yankees? Um, I don't think so. He was on the Dodgers, I think, towards the end of his career. I don't know why that popped up. You said three names. (laughs) (laughs) That just was the only player that popped into my mind. I totally, Um, you know. I knew he was on the Red Sox. I just didn't know if he did a stint with the Yankees and they traded him. <laughs> I don't think I didn't so. Know. Um, but no. So John Ryan Murphy, Jr. Okay. or Jr. Uh, I guess through his friends okay. and family. Uh, if I thought about it a little bit longer, I might have got that. Might have made the okay. jump from Nomar to Jr. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so that was one. Got your good buddy Aaron Hicks. Um, they signed Kyle Higashioka as a free agent that season, so kind of cool. Um, okay. Our current backup yep. catcher. They also signed Johnny Lasagna, Jonathan Lawizaga, that year as a free agent. Um, so a couple free agent moves that impact the current team. Um, and then quick yeah. shout-out to uh, – Talking Yanks for um, for Johnny Lasagna. That's like their coin term, what they call uh, Jonathan right. Wiseguy. So we don't want to give them credit that. if we use it. Um, oh, speaking of shout outs, not to interrupt the flow, I'll, I'll save right. it for the end. Right. So keep going. Keep going um, on that thought. Okay. So some of the trades. So this is what I was trying to piece together in my brain before they traded Adam Warren and Brendan Ryan to the Cubs for Starlin Castro in the off season. Um, and then they got Warren back in the Chapman trade. They also, we talked about this one before sent Justin Wilson to the Tigers for green and Sessa. Um, and then they traded. So to get Chapman in the off season, they traded Eric Jagello, Caleb Cotham, rookie Davis and Tony Renda. Um, to get Chapman, sadly for those guys, but good for the Yankees. None of them have amounted to much in the major leagues. Um, so for all of our fans out there, I'm telling you that because I put in the good time out of my day to research that and look at their less than stellar careers, unfortunately. Um, sorry to those guys, but they've played major league baseball and I have not. So they're doing more than me in that regard. I'm just here talking about it. Um, So anyway, then fast forwarding to the trading deadline where, like I mentioned earlier, the Yankees were definitely sellers this year. Um, They traded Chapman to the Cubs for Rashad Crawford, Billy McKinney, Adam Warren, and some player named Glaber Torres. Um, So that was big for the Yanks. Um, They got your buddy Clippard. also by trading Vicente Campos, I don't know who that is, to the Diamondbacks. Um, they Then they traded Andrew Miller for to the Indians for J.P. Fireisen, um, Clint Frazier, Ben <laughs> Heller, and Justice Sheffield, which Sheffield was a big pickup, 
because he was a big part of the Paxton deal. So now he's on the Mariners. Um, they swapped him for Paxton. So it all comes full circle. Now we got Paxton and who's a better pitcher than Sheffield. I mean, Sheffield's yeah. young, but so far and, um, Frazier too, who is also young and hasn't got a lot of time and has had his defensive troubles, but definitely has a, um, powerful bat and a good bat and a lot of potential. Yeah. So. Yeah. So some upsides there for sure. Um, and then the last one I'll mention is that they traded Beltron on August 1st to the Rangers for Nick Green, Eric Swanson, and Dylan Tate. Swanson and Tate were – sorry, Swanson was a part of the Paxton deal too. Um, and so then Dylan go. Tate was part of the trade with the Orioles for Zach Britton. So the Yankees have – use these prospects to flip for other guys who are on the team now and making a difference for the Yankees. Um, so that's why I thought all these trades are kind of cool. If you can follow that is very the breadcrumbs, cool. so to speak, connect the dots, whatever, and see the impact that it's so, had. I've got a yes. quote for you quote. from yours from truly. You. All right. Yeah. So you're quoting yourself. Most Okay. Yes. I don't want anybody to steal it. <laughs> most most MLB GMs play chess. Or excuse me, play <laughs> I'm already messing it up. Oh, you're misquoting your stuff. All right, redact. That's redacted. <laughs> All right, so oh, okay. most re re quote. All right, <laughs> typo delete. All right, <laughs> new line. So, all right, back. We'll get back to it here. So the quote: Most MLB GMs play checkers. Brian Cashman, New York Yankees GM, plays chess. Joe Curry. All right, Joe All Curry. Right. I so like now, it. So there's a, a common uh, phrase in uh, in cards, um, like playing cards, like when you're playing spades or yep. poker or whatever. But stu- study long, study wrong. So basically, it means you gotta like take it one step. At, like if you're if you're just thinking about winning, like I gotta get this big hand to win, you're not gonna win. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, if you're thinking about that, the kind of the end goal, you just got to focus on winning each hand, right? And so that could be interpreted in two ways in the what in what Cashman does. So you could say, well, he's oh, wow. So you could say that he's he is he is studying long because he's trying to get the he's not always getting something directly out of that trade. Um, sometimes it you know, it comes through another trade from those guys he got in that trade. So you could say it, you could apply it that way, but you could also say that he's not looking to like, he's not looking ahead to splash like the biggest guy every time is that he's playing the short game by making the small trades that lead up to the win. And that's how I'm going to apply it. So Chapman isn't studying long and studying wrong. 
he's playing each hand and winning each hand. And in the long run, he wins the game of poker, spades, whatever he's playing. Rummy, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I like that. I like the way you broke that down because what he was able to do, and these were some kind of my thoughts on this season too, is that he was able to be a seller in this case by being – but without tanking the team um, because he was opportunistic, right? The Cubs – and he knew, unfortunately, the Yankees – weren't in a position where they were really going to make a push for the playoffs this season. And he knew he could get a lot out of Chapman and Miller without totally tanking the Yankees. Um, so he, he did that because the Cubs and Indians both wanted bullpen help to make a push through the, into and through the playoffs. Um, so he was smart and opportunistic there. Um, and I think it goes to show you that if you don't have – if you have, I'm saying the wrong thing. If you have resources, you can be a seller without tanking your team completely. <clears throat> no, I agree. I agree. And if you, you can be a seller, and then it's it's playing that um, it's playing the chess. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he's playing chess. You know what I mean? He he knows that. You know, he can't win this year, but he knows if he can move some pieces in the right place, he's setting up that chess game to get that checkmate in years to come. Right. So playing chess. Not checkers. While the the Indians and Cubs were playing checkers because now how the turntables (laughs) have turned. Yeah. So, you know, not that the Cubs and Indians are bad, but the Yankees are better. And they have one of the best players in baseball now. They have, and they have Chapman back, and the Cubs have nothing from that. Right. They were going for the right now in checkers. King me, king me, not the five moves ahead. So it paid off for the Cubs. Right. But you know what I mean? The Yankees aren't trying to be a team who wins one World Series every 50 years. That's not what they're, they're trying to win. They're trying to make the playoffs almost every year, and they're trying to win the World Series every few years. That's what kind of organization they are. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, so, yeah. No, I think that was good. Good discussion. Some good quotes, analysis. Um, almost like an English class for a second there. Um, but yeah. Uh, so, just some thoughts I had, kind of in wrapping up this whole era of. Yankees rebuilding um, was that 13 and 14 were definitely strange years for the Yankees. And I feel like years too, where if you look at the teams, it's like, uh Oh, where, where's this team going to go in the future? I mean, we had some pieces and brought in a lot of free agents in 14 and stuff like that but it never was really a cohesive team um, at that point. And then they started really 16 was when they did it. They made these trades. They, you could see kind of where, yeah, guys where they were going with the teams. And I mean, I think they've been fortunate that things have really worked out well too. I think you have to acknowledge that because sometimes you can bring guys up and it just doesn't work or guys, hurt a lot or whatever 
Um, and so it doesn't work, but they had like 13 and 14 were definitely years where like Mo and Pettit were retiring. Then Jeter retired. Um, and then I think 16 to Teixeira and A-Rod. So you were able over time, again, without having to totally kind of go into the basement. I just, the Yankees do, I mean, just frankly, and I guess this is why people get frustrated and hate the Yankees. But like I said before, they have the resources where they were able to, over time, refresh their team and put a new team together without having to totally abandon the possibility of being successful. Um, And so that's kind of what we saw in these few years in different ways. Um, But definitely a time, me being in college at the time, and then the team definitely just, I feel like being, besides certain moments, there wasn't as much that you could really follow and be like, yeah, this is what the Yankees are all about. Um, So anyway, so I know I wasn't super tuned in in these years, but um, it's been fun to look back at this, see what it's led to for the Yankees um, and be where we are now. Good, uh, good wrap up summary there of this year of this, uh, this segment, this uh, segment of our show. So yeah, we're big time. We got um, segments now. Holy crap! So we'll talk a little bit about it off off the air. But I'm thinking maybe, I mean, maybe we'll take a break and do like a random episode on whatever, and then we'll probably hop into 2017 through 2019. The baby bombers, and now they're not so baby. They're a little bit older now. And th- we'll just call them the modern, modern day. I don't know. Think of some catchphrase <laughs> for them by next time. By the time we yeah. do this episode, um, but we'll we'll talk about that at this era of Yankees baseball. Probably, maybe we'll like I said, maybe we'll we'll talk about that more off the air. But probably like a random episode on something fun, and then we'll you know get into dive into these uh, the next three years of Yankees baseball. So sounds good. Um, um, one thing before we go, I want to yes. give a shout out to an Instagram page that gave us a shout out actually a few, like we, maybe oh, a month really? or two ago. I can't remember if I gave them a shout out, so I'm just going to do it. Cause I don't think I did. So sorry for forgetting to do that. Um, but the page is New York sports 99, okay. um, at New York sports 99. Um, and they cover Yankees baseball, Giants football, Knicks basketball and recently just started covering Rangers hockey. So all my favorite teams, all the best New York teams. It's a great, I mean, like if you're for me, it's perfect because those are my, like I'm a Yankees Giants Rangers Knicks fan, even though I don't really follow the Knicks and Rangers as much anymore, especially the Knicks. I don't follow that much, but I, you know, I'll, I'll see how they're doing. I'll watch games if they're on, but definitely the Yanks and Giants, um, I follow more, especially the Yankees. So it's definitely a great page because he puts out a lot of great content, polls, uh, trivia, or you know, not not a lot of trivia, but polls and facts and a lot of great news and like breaking news and updates and just overall great information about 
sports, but also, you know, more specifically the Giants, Yankees, Knicks, and Rangers. So, um, yeah, so if you're listening, go give him a follow um, New York, at New York Sports 99. Um, yeah, give him a follow, like like his stuff, whatever. And um, also follow us at Let's Go underscore Yanks on Instagram Yeah, and tell as well. your friends. We appreciate some extra follows. Tell, you, tell your family, tell your friends, tell your mother, your father, brothers and tell sisters. Them all. Tell them all. All right. Well, um, all right. Well, I think that about wraps yeah, it up. I think right, the only thing I was trying, I've seen it a couple of times that I actually meant to text you about it. Um, is today the day Lou Gehrig broke his streak of consecutive games played? I saw that too. I'm going to say, yeah, just cause I've seen it on okay. social media. Um, and I saw something that, uh, John Boy and Jake covered a little, talked about that a little bit on Instagram. I saw a little um, video and um, they were talking about how Lou Gehrig got that streak. And it's not as like clean cut, not to take anything away from them, but it's not as clean cut as you may think. Just off the top of your head, hearing me at a, whatever, 56-game hitting streak or something? That was, what was it? For Gehrig, it was the games played. Yeah. Oh, the game. Sorry, the games played streak. So I don't want to dive into this too much because right. we'll wrap it up. But basically what John Boy and Jake were saying um, was that he would get like put in for like an, an at-bat at to start the game and then take an hour and it would count as a game. So – and stuff like that that they did just to keep the streak going yep. for him. So whatever, not to take anything away from him. I mean, he's definitely one of the greatest Yankees and baseball players of all time, no doubt. But just like if you dive into that a little bit, if you're interested, it's not as like clear cut and like he didn't play the full nine for 160, whatever, or however many games it yes. was. Um, no, I think that's, that's a fair point to make just, I guess, in – evaluating it and certainly if you look back at history and a lot of things things get romanticized whatever right right and i mean i think it's just fair to look at it from a objective or subject i don't know which i I always get objective and subjective confused so to look at it from a non-biased point of view from just a baseball fan so yeah non-opinionated so anyways just if you're curious to look at it with kind of a factual point of view, not a Yankees fan point of view, and you know, you could look into it, whatever. He was still a great ball player. So, anyways, but yeah, yeah, I think that 81 wraps years it up. ago today, but, um, his streak ended. So, shout out to the Iron Horse. That's all. Iron Horse. So, we're not talking, not talking crap on him. He was definitely one of the greatest. Yeah, pride of all the time. Check it out. So, Anyways, but um, all right, Todd. Well, thanks. Good stuff. It's good to be back. Um, look forward to doing another episode on um, Wednesday, releasing it on Thursday. Yep. So, um, looking awesome. forward to Same it, brother. Here, but uh, all right, next everybody. Time. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you guys next time. Let's go, Yanks. All right.